0: the invisible, wow, it would blow us away. If we could see somehow, if there was some kind of an infrared visual that we could just see through the filter of what God is doing and angels moving and what's being transferred. I got a little glimpse of it up here. I came over here where they were praying with you, Gavin, and I saw these young men hands on one another, on one another, on one another, and on you, and I could just see a little glimpse of strength, a little strength coming from you, a little strength coming from you. You may not feel like you're doing much, but just a little strength came out of you into him, and into from you into him, and from you into, and, and it's just... It's infused is the word that came to mind an infusion of strength and power when we come together and pray together we receive you didn't you wouldn't have got it if you didn't come but here you are and, and sometimes we come and we're a sponge and we need some, some ministering. We need something from the Lord. And then there are other times that we come, and God is going to use you like a sponge that's already full. And he wrings you out a little bit over here. And, and this one's dry, and they soak it up. And, and, and so we come, and we're used by God and blessed by God and strengthened by God and encouraged by the Lord, and we leave differently than we came. But there's a whole thing going on in the spiritual this morning. so i think sometimes if we're not careful because we see through the visible and through the natural we kind of rush on to the next natural thing on our schedule but we need to become more accustomed to letting the lord do those invisible works that he's doing and you feel that you sense that in the spirit amen now, the, the watch on your wrist or the phone on, or the clock on your phone or that hangs on the wall, that's the natural. That's visible. We get all tied up with that sometimes. And I understand we have to, to a degree, your boss will fire you if you try to tell him. I was just thinking in the spiritual. I, I wasn't looking at my watch this morning. But when we come into the presence of God, some, sometimes we just need to kind of put our watch in our, in our pocket Maybe just kind of don't look at the clock so much and let the Lord do a work, amen? I feel the presence of the Lord here today in a mighty way. Mm-hmm. Amazing grace, how
1: sweet the sound that saved oh
0: Would you raise your hands all over this sanctuary right now? Just take a moment and give him praise. We thank you, Jesus. You've been so good to us. You are so merciful. You are so gracious. And we thank you for that today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Amen. I know you've already prayed for one another bless one another but turn around and greet one another and shake hands or wave or bump or kick whatever you're doing these days I don't know I've lost track of all the greetings elbow elbow bump somebody in the ear what are we doing now Luke the 15th chapter Thank you, singers and musicians. Don't they do a great job? <clears throat> we appreciate you so much. That's all right. Give them a good hand. Amen. They deserve it. <clears throat> very anointed, very talented. We're blessed with the best, I believe, at Turning Point. Amen. So uh, Luke, the 15th chapter, and I want to read just a few verses here. In verse 1, uh, the the. the, 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 the drew near unto him that's unto Jesus all the publicans and sinners for to hear him and while Jesus spoke with the sinners the Pharisees and the scribes these are the religious people of that day um, they said this man receiveth sinners they said this murmuring notice This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Uh, Look at verse 7. Jesus goes into a parable in verse 4. But in verse 7 is the crux of that parable. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. Verse 10, uh, after he talks about another parable, about another lost item, verse 10 Jesus says likewise I say unto you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth and then he goes into a longer parable and verse 32 sums it up when he says it was meet that we should make merry and be glad for this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found father i pray that you would anoint me today holy ghost loose my lips my tongue my mouth my mind in the name of jesus i pray god that you would open our ears open our spirits our understanding now lord i pray that you would speak today let this word of god reach its intended target I bind every spirit that would hinder. I cast you out in Jesus' name. And I loose in this place an anointing of teaching, preaching, and receiving. And we will be changed by the word of God. In the name of Jesus and the church said, Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. The purpose of these three parables that Jesus gives in chapter 15 is for the benefit of the religious people, the Pharisees and the scribes. Now, the group that Jesus is entertaining are the sinners. Notice it, it's the publicans and the sinners. These are the lowest of the low. These are the rejected and dejected of the day sinners and publicans were invited to no one's homes they were not invited into the upper echelon the social uh, atmosphere no they were they were looked down upon and and the people who were showing up at the banquet halls and the parties and the gatherings were the publicans, uh, rather the, the, the Pharisees and the scribes, these religious people, the Sadducees, these are religious people. They would come together <clears throat> and they would share their views on things and pontificate about the law and the prophets and, and talk about religious matters. And, 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 and a sinner might pass by as they were talking and they would just kind of shift their gaze so as not to have to look upon that low, dejected man. And they just thought they were better than everyone. They're dressed the way they dressed, the way they walked, the way they talked, the way they thought. It was in their attitudes. It was in their spirits. So that when Jesus shows up, this this religious man of his day shows up and begins to talk about religious matters in religious settings, he had the audacity to go into the synagogues and into the temple and read. The word of God. And, and then he would go out from the synagogues and go talk and eat and socialize with sinners. <clears throat> the, the, uh, the scripture that Jesus read, in fact, in, this, in, the, in the temple, in the hearing of the scribes and the Pharisees and the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the dignitaries of the religious world. Uh, he read the scripture where it says, the spirit of God is upon me. For the Lord has sent me. And he goes into all these things. The anointing of God is here to to deliver those who are bound and, and to set at liberty those that are bound and to heal the brokenhearted. And all these things he says that I'm here to do. I'm here to heal and set free and deliver. And the Bible says he closed the book and he handed it back to them. And they were astonished because this man, this young man, had read and spoke with authority. What they did not realize was that the man that was reading was also the one who had written that word. It came from God and what they were hearing and seeing and witnessing was God in flesh among them. Talking to them, reading to them. And so God would stand in the religious setting and read what they considered a religious oracle, and then walk out from that religious atmosphere into a sinful atmosphere, and there he would break bread. There he would share. There he would touch the sick people. He didn't heal any, really, we don't read where he healed any Pharisees or scribes. They didn't come to Jesus for healing. But it was the poor. It It was the sinners. It was the publicans who had no pride in their heart. There was no arrogancy about them. They were not pious or pompous they were just humble enough to say you know what i'm in a mess and i don't know how to fix it and if you can heal me i will trust you to heal my body they would say things like lord if you will you can heal me, Lord. If it's not too much trouble, I've got a servant at home, and he's he's sick, and he's dying. You don't even have to come to my house. Just I'm a man of authority. Just speak the word, and, and they, they will be healed. A woman who comes to Jesus doesn't even feel she has the right to be there, so she doesn't cause a scene. She sneaks at the ankles of everybody else and sneaks around through the crowd just to touch the hem of his garment, not to cause a scene, just to get a touch from God. The humble, the lowly, the ones that have brought, themselves low they have no pride no arrogancy they just need Jesus we really only see a couple of groups that Jesus was among they were the haughty the proud high mighty and then there were there wasn't really a lot of middle class in Jesus day there were the haves and the have-nots and the have-nots when Jesus got done with them had And they that had, when Jesus got done with them, he just got to strip them down sometimes uh, verbally, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. He'd tell them. He looked them in the eye and said, you're a bunch of hypocrites. (laughs) And Tried to go to church and somebody just looked you in the eye and said, you're a bunch of hypocrites. You'd leave feeling a little bit lower than when you came. But the people that came dragging in saying, I just need a touch. I just need something from God. I don't have anything to offer. And then Jesus would touch them. They came in like this and left like this. They came in low but left higher. So when Jesus begins to minister to the publicans and the sinners, the other group begin to murmur. And it was in this setting that Jesus just goes into these three parables. We've spoken of them often today, but I believe the Lord's laid a fresh thought on my mind for this service today. And I will tell you that I feel in the Holy Ghost that the Lord has shown me that there are perhaps hundreds of people who will hear this very word that I'm preaching today. Some of you are here in this room and some of you are going to watch it today and some of you will watch it later. That the Holy Ghost is moving upon people's hearts that have gone away from the Father and God is drawing them back. God gave me a word just, just to, before I stepped up to the pulpit for one individual but I feel this is for the church today that God's voice is going where your voice is falling short. God's hands are reaching where your hands fall short. God is doing a work in lives that you do not hear and do not see. Chains that you cannot hear breaking are snapping right now. Amen. God is calling his people home. He's calling his children home. So somebody's hearing my voice and you've fallen away, but God, is here to tell you he's drawing you back to the father and my message today is very simple it's just simply this it's time to come home it's time to come home <clears throat> it's time to get on back it's time to run back it's time to to to, to, to crawl back whatever you've got to do but get back to the father Three parables the Lord uses, and it's it's really to it's really to address the attitude of the religious circles who were so arrogant that they would murmur and say well he 's talking to sinners and eating with sinners and so Jesus tells them first of all, if you had if you had a hundred sheep and one of those sheep went astray. Which one of you wouldn't go after the one that went astray? And you'd search till you found him. You'd leave the 99 safe in the fold. But you'd go after the one that went astray. And you would search diligently. And when you found him, your mind was not upon, Oh, the 99 are still safe. Your mind was upon the one that had wandered off. Because that one is vulnerable. That one is at high risk. That one might die tonight. If we don't get him back before the wolves get him, he's going to die. I'm here to tell you there's an urgency in my spirit that if we don't reach some of these people the wolves are about to devour them come on somebody hell is about to claim them and i absolutely refuse to go to bed at night without calling their names out before the throne of god every day god bring them back lord call them home oh god speak to their hearts he says of course you would go after the one that went astray and you when you found him you would lay that sheep on your shoulders you don't kick him back you don't chase him back you don't shame him back but you get under the burden of somebody who's gone astray I'm telling you the church needs a baptism of old fashioned burdens to get under the burden of people who have gone astray they need Jesus that means they need you they need us they need us they need you they need you church they need you church They need you to get under the burden of them. They need you to get under the burden of them. Listen, when I say burden, I know it's not a small thing. That's a, that's a big word. It's a big word. It's a big word. It's a big word. It's a big word to get under the burden of somebody. I don't know that I can carry anybody physically anymore if they're very big. Some of you men could, you're trained if you go into the army to carry somebody out of harm's way. They'll make you, I believe, in training they make them run with weight on their back because they know that there might come a day when your comrade is fallen and our policy is we don't leave the fallen behind There are other countries right now that are attacking other countries that are leaving their dead, and they don't care about their dead. They don't care about their fallen soldiers. But our policy has always been we don't leave our dead behind, and we certainly don't leave our wounded behind. And if you have to, you stop, and you get under the burden, and you throw them across your shoulders, and you pick them up, and you carry them out of harm's way. I'm telling you, that's not an easy thing. And I'm telling you, when you go to intercessory prayer... when you go to intercessory prayer anybody ever intercede it's one thing to pray like this oh god oh jesus yeah and you come to church but the bounce in your step but you try to get under the weight of somebody else god they need you and you come to church listen i don't i I know you can't always come to church shouting i know i get on stay with me i need your don't, don't run off I know I get on you sometimes cuz say come on John, come on, at least do this. Come on, I know and it's a joke and I get all that. I'm trying to push us out of our comfort zone sometimes. But I know if you come to church on a Sunday morning and you don't and you're just kind of oh, oh just weeping and you're just praying. I listen, I if you do that because you spent all Saturday night doing one of these numbers, oh god, save my boy. Oh god. Oh god, save oh god Malachi needs you Lord. Oh god. Oh, and, oh I'm okay. You worried about him or me? You worried about him or me? Who you worried about? Him or me? Me? Okay. That's fine. He'll be fine. I might have a heart attack, but he'll be fine. Pray for me. In Jesus' name, God, Malachi's going to hell, Lord, if he doesn't find you. If he doesn't find his way back. Oh, God. Oh, God, my boy, I can't let my boy be lost, God. Devil's after him, Jesus.
1: Oh, oh, oh.
0: Fasting is hard when you're fasting for somebody else. Praying is hard when you're praying for somebody else. But Malachi doesn't. He can't pray for himself tonight. God, so I'm going to pray for him. God, devil's trying to get him hooked on drugs. God, don't let him. him. God, devil trying to get him on alcohol, but we're not going to let him be an alcoholic. In Jesus' name, God, I'm going to bring him to an altar. I'm going to lay him down on this altar. God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray till I pray him through. I'm going to pray till I see him back at an altar of prayer. Oh, God, it may wear me out, but I'm going to pray till he speaks in tongues. He says, you go find that sheep. I'm done. (laughs) You go find that one lost sheep, and you bring him across your shoulders. Because he's been out there. He's scared. He's fragile. He's shaking. He's wounded, perhaps. He's tired. He's dehydrated. He's undernourished. And he's shaky. So we get under the weight, and we bring him we bring, we rejoice the whole way. Oh, God. My boy's coming home. My son's coming home. He says, you don't get it because you're so religious. You're going to sit there all religious. And with your, but your, you're your reading your fancy scriptures and wearing your fancy clothes. And, and you got these scriptures bound about your body. And you stand on the corners of the streets. And you're looking down your nose at people that need you to get them on your shoulders. You, they need you to get them on your shoulders and bring them home and you're look listen don't look down your nose get under the burden of people who need jesus and let's bring them home come on let's facilitate their return let's not make it harder let's make it easier let's not put let's not be a stumbling stone let's be a stepping stone pray intercede intercede pray intercede intercede and pray and pray till you see them get up out of the muck and mar pray till you see them get out of the pig pen and head back to the father's house somebody clap your hands and give the Lord a praise he says you know every one of you You'd go find that lost sheep, you'd put him on your shoulders, you'd bring him home, and you'd rejoice over a sheep, and you're murmuring over souls. what about this? How about you ladies? You're not out there tending the sheep, but you're keeping your home, and you got some coins, and they're precious coins. And he said, uh, uh, you got 10 of them, and you lose one of them. And you don't know where it's at, and you don't get up in the morning saying, Oh, I got nine left. You get up in the morning lamenting that one is missing. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'm showing you here where the burden lies. This is what Jesus is doing, He's showing where the burden lies. It is very easy for us to say, If Malachi wants to get back to church, bless God, He knows where the church is. We got sign out front, He knows what time we meet that sheep wants to get home he knows the way home if that coin wants to be found that coin can be found it's easy to do that it's easy to say that but he says that woman lights a candle that woman that's on her she sweeps her house she cleans her house Diligently, she understands if she takes care of what she should take care of in that home. She's going to find what was lost. I know you hear me say it all the time. Pray, pray, pray. Read your Bible. Come on, worship the Lord. Come on, be faithful. What I'm really saying is, come on, keep sweeping. Keep the house clean. Come on, keep things clean in order, come on because when you start getting things where they should be in your life and in the church things that need to be found they just get found disorganized people clutter in the house clutter I, you know, I'm, not, I'm preaching to myself right now my wife will amen that I, I'm, a, I'm a stacker I know where everything is, I know what pile it's in, and if you uh, clean up my piles, you just messed up my whole system, my truck, I know I got this big compartment now, man, I just threw it, and I know where it's, I know I threw it in there two days ago, so it's right here, <laughs> under that, hey, amen, but the best system is my wife's system, I may have to look for a while. Now, now her her purse excluded from this example. <laughs> the rest of her life is exemplary in this setting. Is she here? She might have went to the dentist. So she works for a dentist and she was texting her boss if he can get her in to tend to her. So she may not be here. So I got full liberty. Uh If it's if she's look, I don't know how many times a day, brother word than I hear, I know it's in here somewhere, that purse. (laughs) Just God, I just sit there, Lord, let her find it in Jesus' name, Lord. God, you know where it is. Other than that, anything in the house, anything in her car, anything at church, if I ask her, do you know where about three years ago we got this in the mail? She says, yeah, right here. Because she's got a system. She's organized. All of our tax stuff, all of our bills, everything, our, our cars. If you ever want to know how many oil changes we've had, she can just, there's the file right here. We got last oil change. Isn't that organized? Yeah, she knows when we got bought tires on the car and all that stuff. I don't know. I've never bought a car from somebody and said, uh, give me all the records. <laughs> but she could produce them for you. So she's very organized in that. She doesn't lose things very often. I lose things quite often. And so when the house is in order, Jesus is really saying here look, if you do what's right keep things in order just sweep just clean just buy, just worship just pray just read your Bible. yeah it's the basic stuff we're not telling you to go buy some super duper new just on the market broom we're telling you do the same things it's always taken to have revival do the same things it's always taken for souls to be saved and he says she will sweep and she, she will search diligently till she finds the one lost coin and then she will rejoice Because she found what was lost. He gets to the third example. And uh, now he's talking about people, real people, and he talks about a family. This is really a parable of two sons. Now, we call it the parable of the prodigal son. But it's not really the parable of the prodigal son. It's really a parable of the two sons. We could go as far as to say it's it's, it's a parable of a family. Because the first uh, words were about the man, the father, a certain man who had two sons. So we assume there was a father and a mother. And there were at least two sons. Maybe there were other sisters. We don't know. But there was a family. And the younger of them gets his head in the wrong place. And his attitude gets in the wrong place. And his spirit gets in the wrong place. And it's hard to reason with people whose minds are in the wrong place. And it's really, really hard to reason with people whose attitudes are in the wrong place. And you just got to pray for people whose spirits are in the wrong place. But this, this young man fell into that. And so pretty soon he was demanding from his father I want everything that's going to come to me when you die. Give it to me now. And his father gave it to him. And Jesus tells us about this son. Uh, Not very many days after that he gathered all of his stuff together. And he took a journey into a far country. And there he wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he'd spent everything, there arose a mighty famine in that land. He began to be in want. Verse 15 of Luke 15 Luke 15, 15 is where I am and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine and he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat no, nobody gave to him and verse 17 we call this a turning point amen I love the name of our church because I think it's indicative of what we're about People's lives can be turned around. It's a hospital. It's a place where people that are dying can find healing. People that are headed for hell can turn their lives around. It's a turning point. Amen. I don't know how many times the last two days I've said to, we had our men's golf outing and we, went, we played four courses Friday, between Friday and Saturday. Uh, eight or nine of us went out and we played four courses. So you guys that are all worn out thought, oh, I can barely make it to church because I played four courses of, or four course, or four courses of golf, right? That's what we played. Uh, you don't get any pity from me. I'm up here carrying these young men on my shoulders. <laughs> I'm going to go home and collapse in a little while, but <clears throat> I won't be at the next service. No, I'm kidding. But I don't know how many times I've said in the last couple of days to our, my, we played team uh, golf, and I've said to my team, We'll make a putt. This is our turning point. (laughs) I'd say this is our turning point. We're really stinking, but this is going to be our turning point here. And it worked on one of the courses, but not the other three. This is the young man's turning point right here. This is this young man's turning point. In verse 17, he came to himself. He came to himself. Now, that tells me that in verse 12, He had lost himself. You know what I think? I think he lost his mind. I think he lost his way. I think he lost his spirit. I think he lost his strength. I think he lost his joy. I think he lost his drive. Everything that causes you to wake up in the morning and roll out of bed and say, even if life is hard right now, I'm going to go face the day. He lost it. He wasn't himself. Didn't feel, ever ever just not feel like yourself? I've been there. I've been there. I've said many times in my life, this is not me. I don't think this way. This is not me. I don't normally process life this way I don't I don't normally succumb to this kind of way of thinking or attitude or spirit or mindset I'm not usually given to this I don't the problem with that is if you don't confront that there's nothing wrong with having days or weeks maybe I've had months where I just wasn't myself I knew this isn't who God called me to be I've got more spirit in me than this I've got the Holy Ghost I've got more joy in me than this I've got more faith in me than this I've had those months but I never succumbed to that i've never I've never said now I've had depression but I have never said the words my depression never I've had I've had fear. I've had anxiety. Never have I said, now I'm not telling you, I'm not saying I'm perfect because I have had the, I have said the phrase my heart attack. In fact, I just said it this morning. And God convicts me every time that it wasn't your heart attack. <laughs> but I say that cuz I went through the heart attack. But I've never said my anxiety. I've had anxiety, but I've never said my anxiety. I've never said my fear, my anxiety, my depression it's not mine. I have said things like this is not me. This is not how I I don't uh, this is not the way. I'm not usually this way. This is not who I am. This this boy sitting in a pig pen. Literal pig pen. A boy who who days maybe maybe weeks months year, I don't know, ago was sitting at a a well-stocked table and and a well-dressed Home with... Closets full of clothes and servants at his beck and call. He's now in a pig pen with nothing but rags, no shoes, no food, nothing but 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 what his his master gives him and he's throwing that to the pigs. That's all he has. There's no food in the land. He's so empty, depleted. And 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 the slop that he's feeding the pigs appeals to him. And it's about that moment that he's ready to eat that slop. Something happens. You hear that? It's that simple. I'm not trying to bring anybody down, but I can tell you going from good to bad is sometimes there's a switch you give you give into a little here you give into a little there you entertain a little fear here you entertain a little sin here you 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 you, you minimize your wrong here you 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 justify doing that and you pretty it's just a little 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 little. it's like a, you get on one of those old fashioned doctor scales they got one in the gym where i am and you can you got the slide at the bottom it goes 50, 100, 150, 200, 250, 300. And there's that. Then the top is, is literal ounces and pounds. And so you, you set it. If you're 100 and something, you go to 100 on the bottom and you start sliding it, sliding it, sliding it, sliding it, sliding it. Until it gets up there to wherever you are. And then it balances. Oh, I weigh 199.9. There's a tipping point. If I eat one more potato chip, i got to go down here and slide it to the 200. That's the way our minds and our spirits are sometimes. It's just a little, 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 little. We're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. It's called the straw that broke the camel's back, the last straw, the whatever, whatever you want to call it. Just a little, 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 little bad attitude with brother, little sassiness with mom, little rebellion with dad and pretty soon the food doesn't taste good anymore pretty soon the fences that are there to keep the adversary out that you feel like they're there to keep you in and mom's voice that used to sound so sweet in the morning when she said rise and shine honey I got breakfast on the table now you're saying leave me alone it just sounds like fingernails on a chalkboard because it just goes from this good to bad yesterday you could roll out of bed today you'd just soon stay in bed And here's this boy. He's got, now he's left home. One more little thing on the scale. Now he's gone to a far country. One more little thing on the scale. Now he got a job doing something he shouldn't be doing. One more little thing on the scale. Working for somebody he shouldn't be associated with. One more little thing on the scale. Oh, you want me to feed your pigs? Yeah, one more little thing on the scale. Until finally, now... It keeps going and going and going and going and going. Bad stuff, bad stuff, bad stuff. And then, but just like that can bring us to good to bad, I believe that one more prayer. One more intercessory prayer. Mama praying one more night. She didn't feel like praying. I've been praying for months. I don't see anything changing. God, I don't know if I'm gonna to pray tonight. No, oh, pray. Pray, Mama. Pray one more night. Cause, Cause just one more thing might tip the scale. Right, the devil's trying to weigh me down, but oh, mom, you're the only thing standing between me. And <laughs> me and hell. Oh, Dad, don't give up on me, Dad. Don't no off the books yet no please one more prayer might make the difference one more kind word one more kind gesture one more i'm so glad you're here we're here for you one more one more might make the difference between somebody splitting hell wide open and making heaven one more thing one more prayer one more one more meal fasted one more just reaching out one more text one more email one more phone call we're here for you brother we love you we're here for you sister we haven't given up on you we haven't given up we're here we're praying one more I don't know what it was but in verse 17 something happened sister a lot that caused him to go from wild eyed hair all over the place pig food in hand mouth opened This isn't me I, I don't think this way. I don't eat this stuff. I don't I don't smell like this. I don't run around in these rags. I don't live my life with no shoes on my feet. I don't sit in pig manure. Maybe he had a little talk with the pigs because nobody else was there. I just want you all to know a few months ago you should have seen me then. He came to himself. And the Bible says when he came to himself he began to think about home. How many hired servants does my father have? Oh, they have bread enough and despair and I'm perishing with hunger I am I'm ready to eat slop and the servants that work for my father are eating meat and bread (laughs) translation your worst day at the church is better than your best day in a pig pen I'm telling you, the worst sermon you've ever heard preached was worth hearing. The worst song service you ever sat through in your life was better than any bar you have ever been in, drowning your sorrows in alcohol. I'm telling you, the worst person you've ever encountered in the house of God is better than the best person you would have ever encountered in a crack house. the lowest in my father's house have it better than i right. what am i doing here let me let me deliver to you this word and the, the music's coming let me give you what i feel like the lord laid on my heart the devil thought oh, by the way he got a plan now listen to me you got to hear me he got it when he came to himself he didn't just say oh what am i doing here oh well pig food's not so bad he said what am i doing here And here's what he said. I said, I'm going to arise. Now listen, Malachi, I'll I'll carry you. I'll carry you from here to Indianapolis. If it meant getting you uh, to not go to hell, I would carry you from here to Michigan. I'd carry you from here. I'd figure out a way. I'd give my life doing that to keep you out of hell. But I can't carry you out of hell. I can carry you so far, but at some point you have to say, you know What? I need Jesus. You got to get to a point where I can set you down and you say, okay, I'm a little wobbly. Don't leave me, Pastor. <laughs> I might need you again, but we're going to do this. I'm going to get back to an altar. You got to make up your mind. He said, I will arise. I will get up. You. So at some point, you got to get up out of that junk. I preached about it last Sunday, about Repentance called repentance so listen to me i'm not telling you if you're if you're away from home that it's the church's job to rush in and snatch you out of there we cannot do that we will pray we will go as far as we can but the father didn't show up and drag his boy out of the pig pen because the boy would never have gone home the boy had to say i'm getting out of here i've come to myself this isn't who i am this is not what i'm about i'm i'm not going to die here in fact i'm not going to live another moment here I will arise, and I will, I will go to my father. Everybody say, go to, father. go to my father. You know how we've often quoted that scripture right there when we've quoted it? We've said, I will go to my father's house. That is not what he said. Brother Jerry, he was so desperate for home that if somebody came and told him, the house burned, the farm scorched. All the cows and all the all the sheep, it's all gone. His, his question would be, what about dad? What about my father? Right, right. He says, I'm going to rise. I'm going to go to my father. I'm gonna, and here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to repent. I'm going to repent. I'm going to pour my heart out. I'm not going to blame brother, and I'm not going to blame mom, I'm not going to blame dad, I'm not going to blame the house, I'm not going to blame, I'm just going to tell him, I'm going to be real with him, hey, you know what, I I messed up, I have messed up, but I need, I won't come back home, and I don't care, I don't care where you let me live as long as I'm on this property. I'll trim the hedges, I'll mow the yard, I'll burn the trash. (laughs) I'll carry the slop out of the house, it's better than eating slop. Just let me live here. Amen. He goes back to his father and the Bible says, when he was yet a great way off, (laughs) this is where, church, watch this, he was yet a great way off. He didn't get, he wasn't there yet. He hadn't arrived yet. He He didn't have everything together yet. He still looked like he looked, smelled like he smelled, thought like he thought, walked like he walked. He left there full of money and strutting, nice suit on, nice shoe. He come back dragging empty smelly he didn't talk his speech wasn't like it was before and his father didn't yell out there and say hey boy I see you out there you think you're going to come just walking right back in here like nothing ever happened his dad didn't say that his dad said I see you out there you think I'm going to let you walk all the way here by yourself you're wrong (laughs) And his dad just ran like he'd already done in his mind's eye so many times. If my boy, if I ever look out there at that horizon and see my boy, I'm going to sprint to him. And he saw his son coming. And the Bible says while he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion and compassion right, right, right. that's my boy you think I'm gonna run Sean <laughs> you don't think I will I carried two two boys up here Pretty tired. Tyler I want you to know this if I saw if if you'd left and I didn't know where you were for years and, and I went out every day and was looking for you Jordan you too buddy you too Abigail and I walked woke up every morning and and your mother and I went to the door and looked in the direction that you left, and if I saw you coming, I wouldn't go fix myself a cup of coffee and say, well, if he finds us, he finds us. Let's see what happens. I'm 50, gonna be 55 in a few days. I played uh, four rounds of golf the last couple days. I didn't get much sleep last night, but here's what I would do.
1: Oh, my boy
0: was lost. But now he's fell. He was dead. But are you kidding? I would run. I would not walk. I would sprint. I would not jog. I would go as quickly as I could to my lost wayward son. And I would escort him back to the house. He would have an escort when he came into my house. You can stay on your feet if you feel like it, but I'm going to talk about five more minutes. That's what I thought. I'm thinning, thinning out the crowd. You can be seated if you want. Somebody, my wife's not here, so somebody start the timer. <laughs> I only need five. His father says, uh, "My boy was lost. Now he's found." So here, I'm getting a workout today. He said, uh, bring a robe, put it on him. My son, because his son said, just let me be a hired servant. He said, no, 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 no. You are not a hired servant. You are my son. And all the years you've been away didn't change that. Still my son. So he said to his servants, you bring a robe and cover up my son's shame. You bring some shoes and put it on my boy's poor looking feet cover them up you bring a a ring that says he's my son you put it on his finger and you go kill that fatted calf we've been fattening him up for such a day as this kill that bad boy get it in here we're going to have some church here today oh did I say church I mean we're going to celebrate today Folks, when they come home, it's time to have church. Yeah. Yeah. I know you got problems. I know you're going through stuff. <laughs> Mackenzie and Alex, I hope you're watching today. Congratulations on your new little, beautiful little baby girl, Rinley. We're celebrating with you. When somebody's having a baby, you don't say, to your daughter or your son when they're, hey we're having our baby you don't say well congratulations but you know I've just had a rough day at work today and I've just so and so has been giving me a hard time and I've been going through you say oh, what and you hop in your car and you forget about everything else because no matter how bad your life might be today it's celebration time <laughs> so when somebody comes home We have church. Heaven rejoices. The angels rejoice. Jesus rejoices. And we rejoice. Amen. Glory to God. I still got four minutes, so sit back down just for a minute here. Don't rush me through this one. Let me give this to you here. The devil thought that if he could get you, I'm talking to some of you people, you've you've been in the church, you've served the Lord, and something's happened. You either got a little discouraged and you just fell away, or something happened and you decided to walk away, or you drifted away, or you got offended and got your feelings hurt, and you decided to just not come. Talking to you. Talking to you. You've been baptized in Jesus' name. And you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, talking to you. Devil thought that if he could get you out of the Father's house, he could get the Father's house out of you. But what he failed to realize was that it was never really about the Father's house. In the first place, it was always about the Father. The significance of that is this. You didn't join a church. If your experience is Pentecostal, you didn't join a church. You were birthed. You were born again. I preached it last week. Jesus said, except the men be born again. Hey, bring me that scripture up, would you? John 3, 5. listen, once you were born, Tyler, Jordan, Abigail, uh, y'all got, whether you like it or not, you know, when I was in the hospital and I, I had that surgery and all that stuff, I asked the doctor, why? why, why did this happen to me, I'm 47 years old, he said, it's your genes, I said, thanks a lot, dad, you know, <laughs> thanks a lot, granddad, I can't change my genes, I'm stuck with the, the bad, and I thank God for the good. Amen. I am what I am. That's all that. Who said that? Somebody profound. Oh, Popeye. That's I was, yeah. <laughs> the great philosopher. <laughs> well, <laughs> you are what you are. Part of that's from me. Daughter. Or that's for me, son. You know, I, I, not very many days go by anymore that I don't hear my dad coming out of my mouth. So That sounded like my dad. And my, my wife says, that sounds just like your dad. And now I'm hearing stuff about, <laughs> Emily says, I told him yesterday, that sounds like your dad. It's called genes. You got them. Deal with it. When you got born again, you got some DNA in your spirit. And whether you're in the father's house or you're in a pig pen, you hear what I'm saying. Jordan, Tyler, Abigail, you can go anywhere in the world try to get away from me. But I'm going with (laughs) you. You're going to look in the mirror and trying to deal with those unruly eyebrows. Oh, there's daddy. Somebody's going to cut you off in traffic and you're going to, oh, that was almost my dad. Come on, eat one Twinkie, and you can't get in your clothes. That's your dad. That's my genes. That's my DNA. (laughs) You're welcome. Goes to a far country to get away from his dad, but his dad's with him. It wasn't about the father's house. It was about the father. And I don't care how low you may go in this world once you've been born again you will never get the DNA of your father out of your system it will follow you every you look in the mirror and say oh there's Jesus you try to go get drunk and I feel Jesus you let a cuss word slip out of your mouth and something convicts you. That's your DNA. It's telling you that's not who you are. You, you weren't born for such a thing as this. You don't belong in the pig pen. You belong in the father's house. You're part. The father is in you. You're part of the family of God. Thank God for his DNA. That once it's in us, I'm telling you, you might be, we, we use words, prodigal, backslidden, Whatever. I don't really care doesn't matter to me I know some people try to clean it up any given day any of us can be in the same boat don't mean anything rude by it we're just wayward we've gone off course amen but you never get away from the father And you thought it was about the father's house. You thought it was about the fence, but it wasn't about the fence. You thought it was about the food. It wasn't about the food. You thought it was about the brother. It wasn't about the brother. It wasn't about mom and dad. It wasn't about the curtains. It wasn't about the servants. All that junk the devil tries to tell you, well, if you, you know, you just get away. Look, people are rude. People are rude everywhere you go. You happen to be in a church with human beings just like you. And they get on your nerves once in a while. And I hate to break it to you, but you get on theirs once in a while too. So what? Get over yourself. You're part of a family. You know how many times my precious younger sister got on my nerves growing up? Don't ever ask her how many times I got on hers. But we're still family. I could pick on her, but you better not pick on her. You know what I'm talking about. It's blood. It's genes. We're family. We can disagree, but we're family. I don't always like what mom and dad say. Sometimes it's painful, but that's still my mom and dad. You better not. I might get disgruntled and walk out of the house saying, oh, dad, don't love me. Mom's me. But you better not say anything about my mom and dad. You with me here? We're family here. Would just sit down for just a minute? I got three minutes left. Y'all make me nervous. I got three minutes left. And you make me feel like I'm out of time already. Once you're born, you never lose your DNA. Thank God for that. He says, I will go to my father, not to my father's house. There is a special place in you that will never be content. It will never be satisfied. It will never be at peace. It will never be complete. It will never be fulfilled as long as as long as you are away from the father. It's time to come home. Three parables, lost sheep, lost coin, lost son resounding themes. First of all, it is never acceptable to God for us to be lost. He never looks at a lost child and says, Well, we'll just write them off. We'll just give up on them. He's always reaching, searching, loving. He goes after you. That's the first thing. John three sixteen, John three five says, then less you're born again, he says, except a man is born again of the water of the Spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. He's telling you, by the way, go to John 3.16. Because this is what we usually quote from John 3. If we're going to quote John 3, we quote John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And we think that's the sermon. That's not the sermon. That's the altar call. The sermon is John 3.5. Jesus' sermon in that chapter. How many of you even knew that John 3.16 and John 3.5 were in the very same conversation? <laughs> we think about, uh, Jesus told Nicodemus, he, Jesus, Jesus went on to talk on about, hey, for God so loved the world. That's the altar call. He says, look, you've got to be born again. That's the sermon. But here's the altar call. Whosoever will. Whosoever believes. It's all. It's open to everybody. Just come. Just come. Just come. Anybody. That's the altar call. So, would you stand with me? There we are. Now we're at the end. He searches, but we must be willing to be found. Hear me? That's the second thing. He searches, but we must be willing to be found. If you don't want to come home, he will not make you come home. But if you want to come home, he'll be with you. He'll run to you. Third and last, he wants us back. Hear me. So do your brothers and sisters want you back. It was the, pro- it was the parable of the, of the sons. Because he didn't just talk about the prodigal. He talked about the other Brother had a lousy attitude and he was saying to the Pharisees and the scribes brother Deckard don't be like that other son don't make them come back in spite of you make them come back with you rejoicing every step of the way dancing with them shouting with them praising with them I'm sorry I've taken so long this morning but I had to unburden what the Lord's laid on my heart and somebody's watching this and somebody's going to watch this and there's some people in this room right now that need this message that it's time to get on back home. So, we're running out of time. Jesus is about to come. Don't you wait another day. Come back home. Well, I was offended. That's all right. You're going to be offended in the church or out of the church. You might as well be in the church. standards and I don't know about all that st- that's alright it's not about the house, it's about the Father and once your attitude gets right with the Father He'll take care of all that other stuff, you just need to get back to the Father I'm opening this altar to you right now, I'd like to, first of all I would just like to ask you if you would come and pray just come and pray, would you come to this altar today, let's come and talk to Jesus, make an altar of your chair if you like, you can sit, you can kneel, you can stand you can come at the altar Would you talk to Jesus today? Come on, somebody, you just need to come on back home. It's time. You've been gone long enough. You've been out there long enough. Devil's been messing with your life long enough. You've surrendered yourself long enough. You're trying to get away from this thing, but you know you cannot get away from it. His DNA is in you, and you don't even feel like being away from the Father. You want to come back to the Father. Come on, it's time, it's time, it's time.
1: Oh, come. Oh, come to. Thank you today. There's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy.
0: years ago some of the ladies felt led to pray for prodigals and they uh, had some of them wrote names down on just little pieces of paper they just kind of had cut up little pieces of paper wrote their names down of people that they wanted to pray for and they didn't share them they just rolled them up and put them in a little vase and were praying just praying generically over prodigals and that was there for a while quite a while and uh, was time to kind of move on and we redecorated or whatever we I don't remember what happened to that vase, but um I believe sister lavender or my wife one I don't remember which came up and handed me this envelope right here that had they said these are the names of the prodigals um whatever you feel led to do with them so I put them in my desk drawer and once in a while I come across them in my office and I pray over them and the other I don't know a few weeks ago I was tell me to take them home I got two things in my Bible anyway that's part of my prayer time one of them is the bookmark to pray for Ukraine and I pray for everything on that list Brother Bryce thanks for making those up for us and then I get this envelope out this is the way I pray at home Walker, when I pray and I don't kneel very long, I kneel for a little while. And then I'm up and I got this Bible in my arm and I'm praying, God, our prodigals need to come home. Lord, the sun is setting. God, you're about to come. Lord, I see the signs in the air. God, the signs that you said would be there signaling your coming, they're all around us. And God, we don't have much time, so I pray every night. I want you to know, those of you that put the prodigals' names in that jar the Lord told me this now I don't pull every name there's dozens of names in this one of them by the way has come to the Lord at least one of them I haven't gone through all the names but every night I'll open this up and I'll draw out three or four names and I'll just pray over those names Lord in the name of Jesus if I know their specifics I pray over their specifics but I'm praying and the Lord told me this morning as I get ready to preach this word he said Some of the names in that envelope, only the person who wrote them, there are days when only the person who wrote those names and you are praying for those people that day. That struck me hard. There are people, don't stop praying for your lost loved ones. And I want you to know if you submitted a name, somebody's joining you every single day praying for your prodigals, in your family your children you're not you're not praying alone your pastor's praying with you if you want to add the name some names to this envelope i promise you unless something weird happens that day and i don't get to my normal prayers i'm praying over these names every day so this basket up here is normally for your offering if you want to Write a name down, roll it up We're not sharing it with everybody Roll it up, put it in this basket We'll add it to this envelope And I'm going to commit to you every night When I go to the Lord in prayer I'm going to intercede for your prodigal sons and daughters and husbands and wives and Moms and your dads We Listen, we've got to pray like we've never prayed I'm telling you we're running out of time I'm telling you Some of these names are going to go on into eternity If we don't reach them of these people are going to miss the rapture if we don't reach them some of these people I hate to tell you they're they're going to be in hell this is what this is how serious this is you listen to me I I know some of us say well it'd be nice no it's not it would be nice if they are going to burn in hell if they are not saved these sinful lifestyles that they are in are not just oh they're not just cute they're not something to celebrate this can I just be honest with you? Some of this stuff we're dealing with in the political world right now, I don't talk a lot about the culture and the, from the pulpit. This, but this, some of this stuff of this gender junk, it's not just too bad. It is demonic. Uh, some of you that are wrapped up in all the pop culture stuff and you're all upset about whoever it was that slapped whoever it was at the whatever it was the other night, and you're all wrapped up in the drama of all that. Get out of that junk. Some of you know too many names of people in the world and you don't even know the names of the disciples i'll preach a minute if you'll stick around it is time to get down to business with god amen what you saw depicted on that stage is just it's just a snapshot of our culture we accept that junk in our culture and we emulate hollywood and we idolize not you but this world idolizes People and we watch their junk and we flock out to their junk and we buy their junk and we spend money on their junk and then they slap each other around on the stage and and we just oh isn't that interesting let's tweet about that let's let's YouTube let's share that video that, that's not cute those people need Jesus those people need Jesus God doesn't want your apology he wants repentance I would if I if I had if I had that man's ear Will Smith's ear right now you know what to tell him. And say, stop apologizing for slapping somebody and get on your knees and repent and get saved, get baptized and get the Holy Ghost and then get on your platform somewhere and tell people about Jesus. But we're so wrapped up in all this woke stuff and gender stuff and political stuff. If we're not careful, we're going to get distracted and we're getting enamored by the wrong things, people. It's okay if you know who won the final four last night. I think I do too, I think. I think I know. But I, I'm going to be honest with you. Monday night, I couldn't care less. It's a Monday night when the championship's played. I could not care less. I don't even care if you was playing. I could not care less when it comes to the fact that every one of those people out there playing on that court need Jesus. Every one of those court coaches need Jesus. Every one of those tens of thousands of people in those stands need Jesus Christ. We're going to get so wrapped up in this world's culture if we're not careful can I have a minute of your time and tell you we've got to be about souls if you cheer your team on that's all right but please pray for prodigals that need to find Jesus would you be as passionate about this as you are about that would you be as upset about people going to hell as you are about Chris Rock getting slapped across the face come on these people need Jesus and are the thing standing between them and hell. Church, we got to rise up and go after hell. Storm the gates. Don't be afraid. Listen to me. I promise you if you'll come back at 2 o'clock I will not preach for an hour. First of all, I won't. Secondly, I'm going to give you something that's going to help you. We need to be bold in this last hour. You think I'm being rude. I'm not being rude. I'm being bold in this pulpit. God bless you. We love you. You're dismissed. Come back in a couple hours. I'll only preach for 25 minutes, at least. God bless.